0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Cracking Addiction with Philippe Niren and Fergal Armstrong. In the episode of Cracking Addiction today, we're gonna be talking about synthetic cannabis. Now, I don't know about you Fergal, but when I hear the term synthetic cannabis, I'm always confused because the overarching term synthetic cannabis covers a group of very disparate chemicals and very disparate drugs. And all these drugs, the only thing they have in common is that they are synthetic compounds, i.e. man-made. They act on cannabinoid receptors to varying strengths and they've got a lot of other things in them. Yet synthetic cannabis is used as a term to to, uh, cover this large group of drugs and I find clinically a lot of the time it doesn't really help me do my job. What are your thoughts on that?
1: <laughs> I don't like it as much as you do. <laughs> That's let's just say that. First of all, um, the word cannabis suggests that it's it's derived from the cannabis plant, and it's not derived from the cannabis plant. It is synthetic. S- second of all, they they're sold basically they're man made chemicals that come in liquid form, and they're sprayed onto plant material. So they're also they effectively they're marketed as synthetic cannabis to basically look like. Uh, you know, cannabis um, from the cannabis plant. But there, and, and as a result of that, also, there, there was an initial uh, assessment that they were safer and much less dangerous than actually the phytocannabinoids that we would use, or that we would understand in cannabis. But this is all not true. I, I think the key difference between phytocannabinoids, in particular THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, and synthetic cannabinoids which I prefer to call no, you know, novel psychoactive substances. I think the key difference is that uh, the novel psychoactive substances that act on the cannabinoid receptors, in particular the CB1 receptor, they are full agonists. And they are not necessarily degraded by the endocannabinoid system. So therefore, they are much more potent than THC and CBD. Because remember, THC is not a full agonist, but it is a partial agonist of both the CB1 and the CB2 receptor. And remember that CBD doesn't actually interact directly with the CB1, CB2 receptor. it is a At best, it's a positive allosteric modulator, but it's got other other clinical other, other mechanisms of action. So really, it's much more potent, and as a result of that, it is it is particularly prone to causing more serious adverse effects. Would you care to talk to us about the adverse effects?
0: Absolutely, Fergal. And I think one of the things that we need to be aware of with the the synthetic um, cannabis or synthetic cannabinoids is that the side effects are so much more severe and so much more pronounced than with cannabis. Commonly with synthetic cannabis, you will see agitation, Um, You can get talk, people get psychosis. There are cardiovascular um, Mm. side effects as well, such as bradycardia and tachycardia. There have been reported instances Mm. of rhabdomyolysis or muscle breakdown. There's been cases of kidney injury, sometimes due to that muscle breakdown or independent, uh, and also respiratory Mm. depression as well. So there's been quite a few side effects some side effects are similar to what one would get as side effects of cannabis but in particular the agitation particularly severe psychomotor agitation hallucinations delirium paranoia dystonia are quite Mm. more marked with synthetic cannabis than you would get with cannabis and i don't know about you fergal but i've never seen a case of rhabdomyolysis or acute kidney injury with cannabis But I've certainly seen a couple of patients with synthetic cannabis get these side effects. So it's almost like we're talking about two different drugs, even though they partially share a name.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that I couldn't put it better myself. They are two different drugs. And just because something is called a synthetic cannabinoid does not mean it has the same safety profile as cannabis. I mean, we effectively, you know, um, cannabis was assessed uh, by the great Professor Nutt as being relatively harmless compared to the social and personal harms associated with drugs like heroin and methamphetamine. Cannabis is is, is much less harmful. But we cannot say the same about the, the, the synthetic cannabinoids. And really, I just want to pick up on two things. You know, the, the, the respiratory effects of synthetic cannabinoids are marked compared to the complete absence of respiratory side effects with um, phytocannabinoids. Because there just isn't, we just don't have the the same uh, side effect profile for that, especially for the respiratory disease. And also the second thing you said that really resonated with me was psychomotor agitation and the the psychosis. For me, those are the two key risks for synthetic uh, cannabinoids is that you're much more agitated and you're much more likely to get psychosis. But that's in the intoxication stage. I mean, we also need to consider the, um, the, the the detox stage. Now, you know, in my clinical practice, when I'm detoxing people of cannabis, comparing that with uh, detoxing people of synthetic cannabinoids, it's pretty much the same. It's symptomatic management. And I, I haven't really noticed a difference in the response yet. Have you?
0: Not really. I guess some anecdotal experience that I've seen is that people seem to be a bit more agitated. And sometimes yeah. you can see a bit more autonomic hyperactivity as well. So tachycardia, maybe a bit more diaphoretic. I haven't personally experienced mm. significant withdrawal symptoms, though there are case series and a bit of literature out there that withdrawing off synthetic cannabis is meant to be more severe than withdrawing off cannabis. And people can, can run the g- gamut of yeah. Um, psych psychological distress m- marked psychological distress psychosis hallucinations etc mm. but my experience is largely similar to yours virgil where practically the the standard withdrawal guidelines which is symptomatic management when we're withdrawing people of cannabis is the hallmark there's no other adjuncts i add on when i've got a patient with with synthetic cannabis use
1: yeah Digabyte is also the additives to synthetic cannabinoids because, you know, the, you know vitamin E acetates, <laughs> one of the lovely ones that really causes lung injury, but it, it was pre-mixed with uh, drugs like spice. I mean, would you care to comment on that issue?
0: Absolutely. So I think in one of the episodes that we did about vaping, uh, we we talked about the, the rate of EVALI or um, e-cigarette and vaping associated lung injury, and that was act. Actually, not associated with the nicotine um, in nicotine vapes or the nicotine liquid vapes, but actually the cannabis vapes, and it was due to uh an additive called vitamin E acetate that causes significant lung injury to participants. Uh, and this is this is a, a really significant injury. Uh fortunately, I think um now that this has been recognized this this um this additive has been removed however it does kind of show how unregulated this market is and how these it's not just the the chemical component or the synthetic cannabinoid component that is necessarily the most dangerous part of the mixture but all these additives of which we often don't know what is mixed in And these additives can cause significant morbidity and mortality. And some of these additives are life threatening. So I guess it's the problem with any unregulated market. And when you've got a substance that is so impure, there will be consequences and repercussions, unfortunately. So Ivali is yet another consequence or a potential consequence of synthetic cannabis use, although Hopefully going forward, now that they've removed this additive, uh, there won't be any further issues with with vaping, but it it is of concern.
1: We're talking about synthetic cannabinoids as a a holistic term for a catch-all, and and I suppose the key pharmacological uh, signpost for this term is the fact that there is an interaction with the CB1 receptor, but... There are literally hundreds of chemicals now in this group with multiple mechanisms of action. So, again, that's another reason why it's, I think it's less appropriate to call them synthetic cannabinoids because their mechanisms of actions are becoming so much more diverse.
0: Indeed. And also, I think you've hit the nail on the head with, given there's so many other uh, substances within synthetic cannabis, they're all going to impact on withdrawal management as well. So Mm. when we've got a patient who we've put into the withdrawal unit for cannabis withdrawal, they may well be withdrawing off of part of the the synthetic cannabis, but we don't know what else they're also withdrawing off. And it can really add to the complexity of caring for a patient, both in the withdrawal Mm. unit, but also in the community. So for our um, primary care colleagues, but also other allied health Colleagues who are, Hmm. who are dealing with patients on, on synthetic cannabis. It can really be very difficult to, to contain patients who may very well be dependent on multiple different substances. Yeah.
1: And the, one of the other issues that I often struggle with is, I mean, we've already mentioned that the two key, the two key psychological side effects of intoxication are basically psychomotor agitation and psychosis. So the question that I struggle with is, if someone's got a psychosis in the context of smoking synthetic cannabis, is that a synthetic cannabis-induced psychosis, or is that merely an unmasking of a prodromal schizophrenia? Um, and you know, we also have to think about the fact that uh, there was there has been evidence to suggest that that phytocannabinoids, you know, you, you know, cannabis per se, is an epigenetic risk factor for the development of schizophrenia. Now, I'm not saying that they, that these drugs cause schizophrenia. well, I'm sorry. I'm not saying that cannabis per se causes schizophrenia. I'm simply saying that it may unmask schizophrenia, but we are seeing these synthetic cannabinoids causing a frank psychosis. So it, have you got any tips on how you, you untie
0: this knot? It's a difficult one and I wouldn't say I've got an ironclad, uh, pathway in my, in my head. Initially, what we do in general is we treat the acute condition and then try and I I think retrospectively find out what has caused the presentation. Mm. Most of these patients, when they're acutely psychotic, uh, will end up in, in an acute psychiatric bed and then Mm. our psychiatric colleagues will stabilize the patient and then with their advice and their judgment will determine which one came first. Is this a drug-induced psychosis, or is mm. this a, a latent schizophrenia, or is this a, mm. a primary schizophrenic condition? Yeah. I think our role as, say, addiction medicine doctors and primary care doctors is to try and manage relapse prevention and try and worse and try and prevent worsening of psychosis, or trying to if this is indeed a drug-induced psychosis trying to ensure the patient doesn't have a lapse or relapse and then trigger a worsening psychosis per se. Is that similar to, to your approach, Virgil?
1: Yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, at the end of the day, pragmatism rules for this, and basically, you know, we, we, we've got to treat the symptoms. I, I think addiction medicine doesn't really, doesn't really manage psychosis uh, in the same way that uh, our psychiatric colleagues do. And I suppose for me... The the issue of what's I – mean, one of the key investigations that you can do to actually work out what's going on is actually a urine test, but not just uh, a urine drug screen with, uh, with an immunogenic uh, reactivity assessment. You need to really do the full GCMS, LCMS test, which is the gas chromatography mass spectrometry or the liquid chromatography
0: spectrometry- – That's a great point, Fergal. Spectrometry Virgil. test. That's yeah. a great point, Fugle, just because the standard urine drug yeah. screen is for, for THC and this is a, mm. a synthetic cannabis. So you you will not trigger an automatic positive on a urine drug yeah. screen unless you're really looking for yeah. something. And like you said, yeah. asking for those specific tests. Yeah, you've
1: got to really drill down, get the GCMS, LCMS test. And unfortunately, sometimes that test result doesn't come back for weeks. <laughs> But it's worthwhile doing in this context, especially if you've got someone with psychosis and you're not exactly sure what's going on and there may be a history of cannabis ingestion.
0: So it's, it's been a really uh, information-packed episode of, of Cracking Addiction where we've tackled synthetic cannabis and, and talked not only about the symptoms uh, of uh, using synthetic cannabis, but also the complexities of withdrawal management and also how to manage some of the significant complications associated with with synthetic cannabis. So thank you for your attention on this episode and bye for now.